five inches from little rays of moonshine by a p herbert this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. five inches the great joke they came and split a turkey with us on boxing day ten old soldiers all out of a job and only ten legs between them at least there were only ten real legs two of them had admirable imitation ones and there were sixteen excellent crutches one of them was a miner was of course just now he is not mining much perhaps that is why he seemed such a decent fellow not at all violent or unpleasant as one knows those practicing miners are in fact he reminded one of the miners one used to have in one's platoon personally i had the honor to have a whole platoon of them odd isn't it what capital fellows they were then and how sadly they deteriorate when they get back to the mines and it was odd too to hear this fellow say that he wished he could be back in the pits i thought it was such a hateful and dangerous occupation yes he was a nice miner and so were the rest of them very cheerful and respectful but they didn't talk much at first. It was strangely difficult to find a safe subject. A few years ago there would have been no difficulty. One would have talked war shop. Were you ever at Ypres? I was on Gallipoli. Did you know Captain? And so on. We did a little bit of this, but it didn't go very well. In the dining room I keep a large colored photograph of the top of the Vimy Ridge on the day of a battle. You know the sort of thing. A hideous expanse of broken brown earth, that dreadful endless brown with walls of smoke all around the horizon, shells bursting in the middle distance, a battered trench in the foreground, with a few scattered men climbing out of it, gazing at the camera with expressionless faces, stretcher-bearers stooping on the parapet with their stretchers on their shoulders, odd men straying everywhere like lost sheep across the chocolate wilderness, looking aimless, looking small. Our guests were interested in that picture. It was wonderfully like, they said. But I felt that my usual remark about it was hardly suitable. Usually I tell my guest, and it is true, that I keep the picture as a sort of chastener, so that, when I am moved to complain at the troubles of this world, I can look at the picture and think, at inches, at any rate, life is better than it was then. It was on the tip of my tongue to say so to the one-legged men when it came to me that for them, perhaps, at the moment, it wasn't true. After the turkey and the pudding and the crackers and, of course, the beer, there was a slight thaw, but it was still very difficult. We tried to get them to sing. Only a few years ago how easy it was. There was Tipperary and many another rousing chorus. One was familiar in those times with the popular songs of the day. Unfortunately, these were the only songs we could produce now, and they don't suit. Keep the home fires burning, for instance. One doesn't like to suggest that. The chief minstrel of the one-legged men, who was also the chief comedian, disinterred from a heap of old music. Your king and country need you. How would that go, Bert? he said. He said it without bitterness. I don't know why, 
and Bert's answer was a silent grin, and one felt that Bert was right. Pack up your troubles in your old kit bag, till the boys come home. All the old titles had a certain ironic underlining in that company. So we abandoned singing, and we sat rather silent. There was some desultory conversation about the various trades, to which a grateful state had trained them, and left it at that. There was some mild chaff of Bill, who had been too old, at thirty-five, to be trained at all, though not too old to learn musketry and lose a leg. But socially one felt the party was drifting into disaster. It was saved, like many parties, by shop, and not war-shop, at least not exactly. What sort of shop will amuse ten one-legged men? Why, one-legged shop, of course. Somebody said, Is your leg comfortable? And that set the ball rolling. All the tongues wagged gleefully at once. All the technical details of one-leggedness, all the points of the various kinds of legs, were brought out and tossed about and hotly contested, as if we had been a number of golfers arguing the merits of different makes of putters. Some of us wear sump socks, some of us can't stand the things. Some of us have buckets, graphically described, which we can comfortably pad, and some of us have something else not nearly so good. Some of us are excited about the new aluminium legs, four pounds lighter, which are soon to be available, though we think it a terrible waste of money, now that most of us have got wooden ones. There is a chance for economizing campaigners. Now then, Lord Rothermere, no aluminium legs. What a war cry. Altogether, it is an enthralling topic. There is no more awkwardness. And it is so amusing. Gad, how we laughed. There was the story of the man on the underground, a friend of ours. Someone trod on his false foot in the crowded train, and scrambling out in a hurry at the station, he found himself footless on the platform, while the train slid away with the other fellow still standing on his foot. Ha ha! How we laughed! But most of us are above the knee. And that provides the best joke of all. You see, it all depends on the length of your stump, or stump, if you have five inches left, you get an eighty percent pension. If you have more, you get less. Even if it is only five and a quarter, that quarter of an inch makes all the difference, financially, though practically it isn't a great deal of use. How much have you got? Ah, you're unlucky. I'm four and three quarters. A near thing, huh? Peals of laughter. You go back and have another inch off. Ho, ho, ho. We roll about in our chairs. Well, well, it's a queer world. But the party was a great success after all. End of Five Inches From Little Rays of Moonshine by A.P. Herbert Read by Mary in Arkansas